This week's episode of the Star Wars Report is brought to you by the good folks supporting us over on patreon.com slash Report. Let's do the show, folks. Come, come, come. And who might you be? It's the Star Wars Report. Star Wars Report. Woo! Star Wars Report. The place for Star Wars news, features, interviews, and more. Then we can do something epic. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Please delete as appropriate. The Force. It's calling to you. Just let it in. Not really. No. <laughs> no. No. Maybe some I, coffee? Maybe. Yeah, but then I won't be able to sleep tonight. Oh. That's sleep's, the problem. Sleep's overrated. I've long no, said it's I'll not. sleep when I'm dead. No, I love sleep. <laughs> <laughs> hey, welcome everyone to the Star Wars Report. This is episode number 365. And I am Bruce Gibson, and thank you for joining us. As I'm sitting here, I'm thinking, well, I tried once to do a show all by myself. It was just me talking. And I'm not, I mean, I thought it went okay. I don't know what anybody else thought, but, you know, it was a short episode. But I know one guy that does this practically on a daily basis, at least talks for a long time on the radio, and his name is Scott Rifen. So I thought... I actually will put him on here because he could go on for three hours. He does that every morning, three hours on the radio. So, Scott, welcome to the Star Wars Report. All by myself. <laughs> Don't want to be. Oh, I'm sorry. Hi, Bruce. How are you? I'm doing great. Good. It sounds like you're doing well. Oh, yeah. I'm wonderful. Wonderful. Are you kidding me? Saturday night talking to wars. I mean, what else? What else is there? What is what and what is it that you can talk about for three hours every day? That's just uh, let me just tell you something. A lot of people in this world do a lot of stupid things, and that gives me fodder to talk. There is at least three hours worth of stupidity happening in the world every single day. Wow. We have uh, some stupidity in the Star Wars fan universe out there. We can do that. But no, yes, yes, we do. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yes, yeah, so I. I it's amazing because I always am prepared for three hours and, you know, we take phone calls, but I always say I need to be ready to talk for three hours in case the phones break, in case something goes wrong. And on at least one occasion, that actually did happen. So I had to literally go for three solid hours and had no problem. I mean, we did it. You know, it, it's it, it worked. So, yeah, if you need well, me to go for three hours tonight, you let me know. I will, and I'll try to make this feel like it's a radio experience for you. I'll try to make it feel like you're on the radio right now. But before okay. we do that, we're going to go to a commercial break, and we'll be back in about five or six minutes. <laughs> the current radio experience. <laughs> That's the current radio experience. Yeah. There'll be some traffic and weather in there and some other yeah. things, but yeah. yeah. It, it's enough time for you to go to the bathroom and back. I, You know, uh, and, and actually, I do that, so... During the show, so because it see it beats wearing diapers during the show, so yeah. Have you ever known somebody in the radio profession that wears diapers on air? On <laughs> air, no. But I, I was just telling somebody the story of a guy who, uh, uh, we'll say, could have used them. Things got. I came to the, we had a remote one day. This is twenty years ago, and uh, it went horribly. And the guy back at the station who was running the board for everything uh, was just a mess. I mean, everything was horrible. And I walked into the. Uh, I walked into the building knowing that that had happened and the guy was still at the building doing some work and I go in the bathroom and I look in the sink and there is a giant pair of underwear in the sink. 
Oh no! And I in said, the "What's sink? that?" Yeah, and he's like, "I said, what is that?" And he goes, "Well, you know, things didn't go well during that remote, and I kind of, I kind of lost it." <laughs> uh, <laughs> man, I bet that guy's wearing diapers now. His name became a verb around the station. You better watch out, or you're Tony Fox. You know that kind of thing. <laughs> so. Hey, you know, you never know. You got to prepare. No. Like when I was doing improv, I would always seem to s- somehow bang up my knees because it'd be a scene mm. where I either fall or you get on your knees because you're acting like you're some, you know, somebody smaller, or like a kid or something like that. Mm. And I'd always like rough up my knees. So now I had knee pads under my pants and everybody in my improv group would thought would think I'm brilliant because they're like, you've got knee pads under there. That's brilliant. And I could jump on my knees on the stage and not hurt myself. It was wonderful. That is real. Do you still wear the knee pants? I wore them today. And not because I was doing improv, but because I was repairing a toilet. And I got on my knees and I was fixing the toilet. And then I got up and being, you know, 51 now, my knees yeah. are like, ow, that hurt. Man, my knees are, ooh, where are those, where are those knee, knee pads? And I put them on. Yeah. And I was just down there on the floor. I was like, I can work on this toilet all day now. You know what? It's funny you say that. I have a set of knee pads as well. Uh, and that's actually how I got my promotions at work. No, that's not right. That's not, that's not true. Um, <laughs> I, I, this I, is a family show now. <laughs> I used to get I used to get together with some guys and play instruments. You know, we'd play, you know, for ourselves, just in a little band. Mm. And uh, I had a wireless guitar set up and I would run around and everything. And I realized at the point I can't. You know, the older I got, I was like, I can't do this. So I got knee pads just so I could run around with my guitar and jump up and down and fall and whatever, because it otherwise it wasn't working out too well. But then now the fact that you had them and you can do all that, you were like mm-hmm. Superman to them. That's right. Then I could just go do whatever. Yeah, it was awesome. Now, I don't wear knee pads for the Star Wars report, so okay, I haven't done good. that yet. But well, uh, maybe at Celebration I will. Yeah, you need to start running and jumping during the show and then you'll need the knee pads. It'll be great. That's true. Well, you know, when we do the uh, commentaries, when we watch the movies, usually I'm on the couch and I'm rolling around. And I sometimes fall on the floor. So maybe I should have put yeah. knee pads on for See? that. See, and a helmet probably too, now that you mention it. Like a uh, Alpha Squadron helmet. Alphabet there you go. Squadron is what yes. I meant to say. Alphabet Squadron. That's mm. part of the news. Hey, you know, we're here talking mm. about Star Wars. So what? just so you know what's coming up, Scott, this is really great. We got some, uh, several things here. One thing is we're going to talk about Carrie Fisher's brother, He is pleased with his sister's footage in episode nine. So I'm really looking forward to talking about that because it's, I think, I think Leia is going to have a bigger role in episode nine than I thought. Uh, But we'll touch on that. Also, there is a, I think, you know, there's some debate. Is there a plan for the pre, uh, the sequel trilogy? Did they really have a plan? Did they have a story thought out? Well, Adam Driver made a comment that leads me to believe that maybe they had more of a plan than I thought. So, mm-hmm. and then EA games, I'm not a big video game player cause I don't have time, but, uh, EA games has been talked about a lot this week cause they keep canceling things. And, but what is not being canceled is there's a new comic series from Marvel coming out, a mini series tied into alphabet squadron the novel but before we get into that not just a novel a trilogy now a trilogy now yes so alphabet squadron is a trilogy yeah new canon you haven't seen a lot of that well the last one we saw was um chuck windig yeah wasn't he the last one who did a trilogy and it was the aftermath books Mm -hmm. so chuck windig is not doing alphabet squadron just so everybody knows that so 
All right, so let's just dive into the news. We have something to report. Some pleasure, I have good news. Data brought to us by the Botham spies. You can send a clear transmission. There it is. Listen, listen. Carrie Fisher's brother, Todd Fisher, is pleased with footage of Carrie in episode nine. So some of these news items have been out for just a little while because we had a three-episode arc the last few weeks of Riley and I doing a commentary on The Last Jedi. So that was divided into three episodes. So we didn't cover any news during that. But in Good Morning America's website, there was an article at the end of December, and it says that Carrie Fisher will make one final appearance as Leia Organa in the ninth episode of Star War- of the Star Wars Skywalker saga opening in December of 2019. Todd Fisher says director J.J. Abrams has shared plans to incorporate several minutes of unused footage of his sister. Several minutes mm-hmm. of unused footage. I just want to emphasize that. Originally shot for The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi. Now, I've always heard The Force Awakens. I never heard they were going to use footage from The Last Jedi. No, I don't that's, know if that's true yeah. or not. Yeah, that's, that's news that's to you newish. too? Yeah. Okay. So this is what Todd says, quote, there's a lot of minutes of footage. I don't mean just outtakes. This is unused new content that could be woven into the storyline. That's what's going to give everybody such a great kick. It's going to look like it was meant to be like it was shot yesterday. We're not allowed to talk about the details of anything, but we're thrilled at what's been done. And I can't tell you how happy this makes me. And I think, you know, there's, There are a lot of things that don't unite fandom these days, but I think that's one of those things that does. I remember right after The Last Jedi came out and there was discussion about whether or not they would find a way to include Carrie Fisher in Episode Nine, whether they'd have a CG Carrie or whatever. And the initial word out of Lucasfilm was nothing. We're not going to replace her. We're not going to make it digital. We're not going to do anything. And I'm glad cooler heads have prevailed on this one. I'm glad because I think think she deserves a send-off. I think J.J. Abrams was clever and creative enough to figure out a way she could get a send-off, and her family obviously is very much on board with this. This is one of those things I think is just a a slam dunk. I mean, if you want to talk about something that'll that'll unify fandom, this is one of those things that'll do it, I think. I agree, because who who would complain having Carrie Fisher in the movie, especially if her family is behind it? Everybody seems to be blessing this. Yeah, no one's going to come out of this movie and is like, oh, that sucked. They put Carrie Fisher in there. How dare they use that when she's passed away? You know, she didn't get to approve that or anything. But the family's behind it. And we know she would be all in favor of it, too. Absolutely. Absolutely. And again, it's just going to be great to get that on there. I think it's going to make a lot of people very emotional. Uh, I think it's going to, you know, it's going to be another hook to drag people into the theater, too. People are going to say, you know, I want to see this, Uh, you know, if 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 they're not worried about resolving Ray's storyline or the Skywalker saga or Kylo Ren. Uh, this is one more thing. You know, we've got all these different things that, that you want to come back and see uh, first order. How's that going to get resolved? Uh, but this is one more hook to grab people and get them back into the cinemas. I can see there's some people who don't follow star Wars or know Carrie Fisher all that well that go into the movie and then they find out <laughs> later from a friend. They're like, Oh, I loved how they worked Carrie Fisher into that when she passed away. And they're like, what? She's dead. Wait, mm-hmm. what? How? What? And all that. So I yeah. guess my question to you is once we see her come up on screen, the first time you're watching the movie, do you think it's going to take you out of the movie for a little while? Because we're going to be so into this whole idea of how are they fitting her in? I will tell you because you and I are both generally speaking, opening nighters. Yes. Um, and I'll just go ahead and tell you right now. 
There is no doubt in my mind the first time she shows up on film, there will be a roar from the opening night crowd. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so will it take you out? Yes, but it'll have to by definition because everybody is going to erupt when they see her on screen during this film. And, and you know, there's some people who don't, unfortunately, listen to Star Wars Report, don't, unfortunately, keep up with some of these news items who are still fans, who are still diehard fans of the saga. They just, you know they don't necessarily engage with the news or the spoilers or anything like that. Some of those people aren't even going to know until it happens. Absolutely. Yet you're right. People are going to be shocked and surprised. Wait, how mm-hmm. is she, you know, cause didn't she die a few years ago? Did they really yeah. make the movie that long ago? They're They're going to be thinking those things. Yep. Yeah. That's an interesting thing. And, and the thing that gets me again is when I emphasized minutes, when they said they were going to take footage from the force awakens, I thought, okay, so maybe there's a scene or something at the end where mm-hmm. we see her, Maybe there's one line of dialogue, maybe yeah. two, but I thought it's going to be something really brief. But if there's minutes of footage that they're going to use, she may appear in several scenes. Yeah, this isn't just her doing a backward glance. This is uh, this is going to be several minutes of footage. They say it can be woven into the storyline. I suspect she won't have her own storyline, but I suspect she'll be reacting to things that are in the storyline. And that's that's OK. Uh, you know, she'll be a vital part of this movie. Uh, and I think that's that's going to go a long way with a lot of people. Yes. Now I'm even more excited about this movie as if I wasn't excited enough. Well, and, and I think the good news, too, is although I will tell you, I was all in favor of CGIing her for the film because I just I just felt from the start she should be in the film. But the fact that they're not going to use technology to do it, per se, is probably a plus because you won't have people picking it apart. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it will just be there for what it is. It will be her. It won't be a manipulation. Some, you know, people can't go, well, that really wasn't her. That didn't really look like her, you know, anything like that, which, which she got a little of on Rogue One. You know, people yeah. really picked apart the image of her at the end of Rogue One, which is, you know, I always called it a, a, a solid, I always called it a triple, but it wasn't quite a, a home run, unfortunately. Uh, but, but I mean, you know, for what it was, it was amazing. Uh, but, in this instance, since it's just going to be her unadulterated footage of her, you're not going to get any of that stuff to go along with it. So I think this is going to be a great send off for. I think the only CGI we may see, if any, is maybe they uh, CGI different clothes on her or something mm. different with her hair. But when it comes to the face and the movements of the character, it's probably her. I mean, yeah, yeah. If they're using different footage from different movies she's wearing different clothes so they may Mm. do cgi to change out one and have like one outfit or something yeah i could see that or again maybe they're inserting her into a newer scene using the older footage uh and making it resonate you know in the new scene and again that would be cgi around her but it won't be a fake carry and i think that's important i I think that's just a good idea because it it removes the nitpicking and it just kind of lets you enjoy what it is for what it is if Carrie Fisher were alive today, she'd say, well, you've always had fake Carrie because I had a facelift and that's fake. And that, you know. <laughs> I don't even know if she had a facelift. I, just, I don't, but, don't know that she did. I, I hope she didn't. But I don't think she did. If she did, it looks really good because mm-hmm. you can't tell. Yep. Never so, could tell. And I can tell you Mark Hart, uh, Hamill hasn't had uh, a facelift either. So No. As far as I can tell. Maybe it's well, the beard. I can't tell. Well, you know, he, he's he's already had plastic surgery, but he kind of had to in order to save his life and stuff so that's true (laughs) hi this is ashley Eckstein, voice of ahsoka tano from star wars and founder of her universe and this is the star wars report 
Well, somebody else uh, connected to these movies is Adam Driver. And this isn't anything really big, but he was speaking with Deadline.com in an interview. And this really stood out to me because he made a comment here where he says about the HBO, was it HBO series, Girls? Yeah, Girls was on HBO. Okay, good. So the HBO series, Girls, he said there really wasn't an end in sight. So it was fun to develop it as it went. But with Star Wars, he says, quote, I had one piece of information of where it was all going, and that's where it has been in my head for a long time. And things were building towards that. So I hear a lot of criticism about the sequel trilogy of, well, there's no plan. J.J. made The Force Awakens, but there was no plan of what was going to happen afterwards. There was no end in sight. And then Ryan Johnson, of course, does uh, The Last Jedi. And, you know, everybody's just kind of making it up as they go along. I feel like that this shows that maybe there's not a full plan, but yeah. there is a direction for the characters. There is an ending that they're going towards on the characters themselves. There's still some kind of a reveal coming for this character. Yeah, I, I, I'm kind of the same way. You know, it's it's funny. I've been reading a, uh, a comic series lately that's, I don't know, 36 issues or so, and, you know, introduces you to the new characters and... And uh, as things go, we learn new things about the characters. And when you read it, you go, well, gosh, okay, that makes sense. It was always right there in front of me. And it's it really has more to do with plotting it out in advance. But, but you don't have to put all the finer strokes in there. But you do have kind of an overall arc. I know this is who he is. I know this is how he winds up. It's how we get there that is maybe not clearly defined. So, uh, yeah, I think I think this is going to be interesting to see and i think this was a little bit of a revelation where at the very least if they don't if they didn't have a firm roadmap they very much seem to have had a sketch about where kylo ren was going that means they probably have a sketch of where ray's going do you think i mean maybe not as much with ray as they do with kylo yeah no i would think so though i mean i would think that they would they would kind of say here's our first film so still some things we don't know we haven't worked out but here's where we want to be when it's all said and done Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's a bad thing. You know, I, I, my minor, my minor, my major in college, hey, it was my major, uh, was fiction writing. So I took a lot of storytelling classes, you know, a lot of, I took drama writing and I took prose and I took screenplay writing. And, and you know, the biggest thing that I always remember, and it's the thing I always talk about with people at the radio station, because in a sense, I feel like they are storytellers as well, uh, is the goal of being a storyteller is to have the ending in mind and then everything you do in order to economically tell that story, everything you do should be in the service of moving you towards that ending. Uh, so, you know, if, if you don't have everything mapped out in advance, I'm okay with that. But if you have an ending in mind that you know you're working towards and everything you do is in the service of getting you there, I, I, I don't think that's a problem. So you think that there is an ending in mind, not just for a character, but for the whole saga. Yeah, I think I think they felt, I, you know, when they sat down and mapped everything out, or not mapped everything out, but started writing, I think that they, you know, when they did their character cards or whatever they did uh, to come up with everybody, I think they sat down and said, you know, where do we want these guys to end up? You, you can't just write in a void and not go somewhere. Uh, and I feel like with these characters and knowing, they knew they had three films. Yeah, I feel like that they... I feel like they worked on getting these guys into a position where they could advance them towards that ultimate ending. They just didn't, you know, they didn't have enough time or wherewithal to get three movies plotted fully out. I mean, heck, they had to rewrite this one. You know, the first one, Force Awakens, extensively. Uh, you know, when uh, 
if you remember when Harrison Ford was injured and they had to shut down production, they rewrote the film yeah, during that break. Uh, so, you know, it obviously they didn't have time to extensively plot everything out, but I think they did say, here's our guy. Here's who he is right now. Here's something we know about him that is going to land him right here at the end. Uh, and and they did that, I'm sure, with Ray as well. I would think that they would have to have some kind of ending in sight because when they're trying to sell this idea to Disney, you don't mm. go to Disney and say, we're going to do a sequel trilogy. We're going to do three movies. So the and, first one is going to be like this. And we're going to we wing no it. Idea. Yeah, we're going <laughs> to yeah. wing it. I have no idea what we're going to do with yeah. those others. I mean, yeah, I can see them saying, this is where we're going to go with the saga. I mean, mm-hmm. we're going to... We're going to sketch it out as we go along, but this is the general direction. This is yes. the end point to it. And so. I'm sure that's what they did. That's, I think that's probably also because I know a lot of the things I read. I'll read at one point, J.J. Abrams had a clear vision of where he wanted to go. And then J.J. Abrams had nothing. And Ryan Johnson picked it up. And, you know, there's there you hear it reported so many different ways that I think for some reason in people's minds, you either have to have written everything out in complete detail or not written anything at all. And there there really are gradient areas between those two things. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I feel like JJ and, and, uh, and, uh, Lawrence Kasdan sat down and, you know, when they knew who these characters were, I think they knew what their dramatic arcs were. And I think they knew where they needed to end up. They knew they were writing a first act, you know, let's, let's also remember that. Uh, and, and JJ Abrams gets criticism for writing some first acts that he doesn't necessarily have an ending for like lost. Yes. Uh, that's but. my concern about him doing this next one. But I I do love JJ a lot. I I love his work. Yeah. I, I do well, feel like he's good at setup but not closing. Well, so yeah, you're we'll right. See how he does at this. You're right. And I think that's that's why I'm kind of excited about this because he has to bring this home. Uh and a lot of times he doesn't necessarily have to bring it home. You know, he he kind of set lost up and then left. Well, that's almost how this trilogy was going to, because originally yeah. he wasn't going to do episode yeah. nine. But now yeah. he has to come back and answer the questions that he himself asked. And I think that's a great thing. I think it's going to be a great thing creatively for him. And I think it's going to take him somewhere that he hasn't had to go before. You know, it's kind of like when you have a paper due at school and you don't really knuckle down on it till the night before. And sometimes that's when you do your best stuff when you're under pressure and under stress. I think that's kind of where he is now. So I yes. think I think episode nine, I think it's going to pull a lot out of him that he didn't know he had. You just stressed me out, taking me back to my days <laughs> at school, waiting until the night of to get it. Sorry done. about that. But no, it's true, though. And sometimes <laughs> it is you, true. Sometimes you work best that way. It could be absolutely very well could be. But I will say when I go to Star Wars celebration in April, mm-hmm. I'm waiting for them to come out on stage. And this is my dream. They say episodes 10, 11 and 12. And JJ doesn't have to bring it home because they're going to keep oh, going. No. That's where I want it to go. I know many people probably disagree. I don't know, but that's well. You remember I, there I was a rumor going. a while back that they were going to have to split nine into two films. Yes, and I was uh, all for that. I got very <laughs> worried for a while that it was going to be episode nine part one and episode nine part two, which would have annoyed me. <laughs> it's like no, it's not episode nine part two. It's episode ten. Just call it that. Um, but, uh, you know, if, if they do that, then God bless them. But they, I mean, the press material of this has said very clearly, this is the end of the Skywalker saga. Yeah. So, well, uh, you it, know. it could be. 
But that doesn't it, mean that the saga doesn't continue without. No. The, it could go without the Skywars. Look, I heard George Lucas yeah. say it ends at six. There's only six movies. It's uh, done. I'm just telling you my experience. I don't listen to what anybody says. George until Lucas I, has yeah. said it ends at nine and it ends at yeah. twelve and it ends at six and, and, and yeah. <laughs> it depends on which George Lucas you get. Um, so yeah, I, and, and it ended at three. At one point, it just ended at three. No, I'm not interested in doing it anymore. Right. So uh, yep, you never know. You know yeah. You know, and it may you not don't. be now. It could be 10 years from now, 20 years from now. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we'll see. That's yeah. just, you know, my my dream is to even go past 12. Just keep going. Just well, just keep going forever. Uh, we just won't live to see it. That's all. No. And I guess we won't live to see a game from uh, EA here. Oh, <laughs> they keep Okay. I'm not a big video game player because I don't have time. As I mentioned at the beginning of the show, do you play the game is very much I'm not. exactly with you i don't have time to play video games and the other thing that is, i was talking about this with my son the other day because uh our two newest video game systems in the house are the wii and the playstation 2 oh yeah uh, <laughs> those are old <laughs> yeah well he's i think he's got an xbox of some sort in his room that he saved up for and bought but uh i, I said to him one day i said you know i wouldn't mind getting an upgraded video game system but the problem i have is dlc you know, I'm used to the era, you and I are of the era, where you would go and you'd buy the game and then you'd play the game and that was it. And now you buy the game and if you want all of the game, you got to buy this and buy that and buy this and buy one of these and buy two of those. And, you know, I I, I don't like that. I like getting the game, having the game, playing the game. I don't yeah. want to, I don't want the game to be a continual cash register. I don't like the whole little like gems and coins and mm-hmm. powering up and I just want to be the character and just go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I don't yeah. have to buy this character or buy that character. I just want, you know, either it's in the game or it's not in the game. Yeah. Done. So, I, yeah, and, and I'm like you, though. I don't have a lot of time to play. I don't have a lot of time to watch TV. I'm still trying to figure out how I'm going to watch The Mandalorian and all this other stuff. I haven't, I haven't watched uh, an episode of Resistance yet. Oh, no. You need yeah. to do that. So, yeah, I'm trying to figure out how to get it in the schedule, especially after that, that uh, Season 2 trailer came out, because I thought it was fantastic. Yes. Uh, but... I just, you know, there has been no opportunity, unfortunately. Well, EA is uh, Electronic Arts, and they have developed other Star Wars games, and apparently they have been an issue for a while where things are a go or, and then a not go and whatever, and so we've got that going on here, too. There was a game that had under the codename Orca, and it's an open-world title originally intended to be diverse and zones that players could explore, but... Now, apparently, the rumor is that, and this is coming from Kotaku, Jason Schreier of Kotaku, it's a website or whatever, that broke the news that this game is being canceled. He got it from his uh, source, I guess, at Electronic Arts. And then even Gary Whitta, one of the, who wrote Rogue One, one of the writers of Rogue One, even weighed, on, weighed in on this. And he said uh, that... Yeah, go ahead, family show. <laughs> go ahead it, family show it has been catastrophically mismanaged if i were disney i would be thousand hertz tone f- furious <laughs> i saw a bunch of that game and it looked terrific it would have been star wars uncharted star wars uncharted it would just mm. been crazy and it got canceled what is going on with these people i don't understand i don't even know if this is really even true yeah i i, I don't know either but you know, a lot of times what they, these big corporations get involved in these big projects and then they start doing the cost benefit analysis and they start going, it's going to cost us this much to finish this game 
and versus this much to produce and market and generate X amount of, you know, we think we're going to make this much revenue based on our studies. And it it's not even, it, it, sometimes it's profitable, but it's not profitable to the degree they want it to be. Remember, what was it? Disney Infinities? Was that the name of the game? Yes. Mm-hmm. Was profitable, was profitable, but it wasn't profitable enough. Yeah. So they canceled the whole thing and people loved it and it did well, but it didn't do well enough. Yeah. And this we may be a situation. That. Yeah. This may be a situation where they go, yeah, it's going to do okay, but it's not going to do as well as we need it to. So we're chucking it. Uh, and they will do that. I've seen it happen. Well, a statement from EA says there's been speculation overnight about one of our Star Wars projects. As a natural part of the creative process, the great work by our team in Vancouver continues and will evolve into future Star Wars content and games. We're fully committed to making more Star Wars games. We're very excited about Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order from Respawn, and we'll share more about our new projects when the time is right. You know what that was? That was a confirmation without being a confirmation. Absolutely, because it didn't. It just says, "Yeah, we're looking towards the future yeah. of games." <laughs> it says the great work by our team in Vancouver continues, so they're still working, and will evolve into future Star Wars content and games. In other words, this is not a thing, but it will yes. be something else. But and that's the beauty, honestly, of a lot of great Star Wars stuff is there's so many things that sit on the shelf, so many things that weren't produced, so many you know fault starts and dead end roads that they they usually go back and mine those things for other material at some point, you know? So I I have no doubt that whatever was shelved from this game will eventually see the light of day as something else. Yeah. Maybe it's uh 13, 13. Yeah. 13, there's, you know, I understand there's some 13, 13 in Mandalorian, isn't there? Oh, there is. I, I was told there were some designs from 13, 13 that showed up in, in some of the stuff that's been released from Mandalorian. Yeah. Ooh, that wouldn't surprise me. Hey, do you think so, uh, there's also some of the scripts from that series that George Lucas was playing? Oh, the, that has is the, the 50 episodes. I bet that, there's some of that into it. I so want those scripts to see the light of day. I, you don't know how badly I want those scripts to see the light of day. I really want to see what they were doing. Well, think about it because at thir- they were making 1313 and wasn't it George Lucas that went to LucasArts and said, put Boba Fett in it because originally mm. they didn't have Boba Fett in it. And there was going to be a connection between this live action series he was planning and, and Boba 1313. Fett, yeah. So if that's the case, I can see them digging into those scripts, not you know using them word for word, but getting no. ideas from the scripts. That would be great. I, I would love that, but I'd like to hear more of it. You know, I, I guess J.W. Rensselaer's not doing that kind of thing anymore, but I'd love to see some kind of a behind-the-scenes book that discussed that. I'd love to see you. Okay, you're a Star Trek guy. Yes. Star Trek Phase Two, the book. Do you yes, have, I that? have that? I do. What have a great that, yes. book! And it's all yeah. about basically the abortive attempt to make a new Star Trek series in the mid '70s with a new Paramount network, and uh, to to see a book like that for George Lucas's live-action Star Wars series that never happened that that really got way down the road to the point of writing multiple scripts, like you say. Would that not be a great book? Wouldn't that be a great story to unleash on the public? Oh, I would absolutely dig into that. Put it into an $85 hardcover and I will buy it tomorrow. Because that book you're talking about, the Star Trek Phase 2, they did put a mm. few episode scripts into it. I mean, I would love yeah, to see yeah. that. I mean, probably not all 50 scripts, but at least some of them. No, uh, but yeah, it would be interesting to see. 
it'd be interesting to see some of the uh, you know who was on the right in the writers' room, what discussions were had in the writers' room. There's got to be uh, some artwork out there that they you know on. there's concept art out there. You know there is. Uh, yeah. yeah, I and probably some animatics and that kind of thing. So, yeah, I'd I'd love to see them do. A, you know, if you're going to do books, Lucasfilm. Well, uh, and it would that's be what in- I'd like to see. It would be interesting, too, to see if any of that concept art or any storylines, any of those ideas that came from that show appeared not just in The Mandalorian, but maybe even in Rebels or Clone Wars or heck, or even episode, now Resistance or, or Episode 7, 8, 9. Yeah. Or, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and, and, you know, that Star Trek Phase 2 did eventually evolve into two things it really evolved into star trek the motion picture and it also evolved into next generation that's right uh, and, and those two i mean you can almost go person for person between star trek the motion picture and next generation and kind of see that they both sprang from the same germ in the second season of the next generation there was a writer strike at the beginning of the season and they actually pulled a script from phase two and used yeah. it as the uh season premiere episode the child. yeah was that, was so, that yeah. the D- dc fontana script or uh, I don't remember who the writer is. It may have been, but it was, was where Dana Troy got in, you know, pregnant and what. Anyway, <laughs> but it would have been, but it would have been Ilea in phase yes. one, phase two. Absolutely, yes. yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'd love to see a book like that, though. I mean, again, it worked well for the Star Trek thing. Why not? Well, you know, maybe even some of those concepts will show up uh, in fiction writing because we do have uh, the novels and the comics, and that's one of the stories we're going to talk about here in a moment. But, mm-hmm. you know, I'd like to see, even if they took those 50 scripts and just said, hey, I mean, I'd love to see a behind-the-scenes book, but they even yeah. take the 50 scripts and just say, we're taking those scripts and we're making a 50-issue comic series. That'd be great. I'd be or all novels. over that. Yes, definitely. Uh, although I will tell you, uh, and, I, you know, I'd had the, the Star Wars script for years because it was on the Internet. You know the one the one they used to make the the Star Wars, yes, and yeah. uh, one I of guess the early like the concepts, draft. yeah. Um, and I never really read. I skimmed through it, but I never really read read it. And then when they made the comics adaptation of it, I remember reading it, going, "Thank God, this is not the movie they made." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know what's interesting about that so, is it there were some aspects of that that felt like the prequels to me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Especially just how shiny everything was and, yeah. and uh, new looking. But it, it also had a. It did have a very Flash Gordon vibe to it. You know, as, as I think we all know at this point, George Lucas wanted to make Flash Gordon, couldn't get the rights to it. Um, it that version of Star Wars is much closer to Flash Gordon than obviously what he made. Uh, which actually, I had a buddy say to me the other day. You know, that I forget which studios announced it, but you know, they're making a new live action Flash Gordon film. And, oh, I didn't uh, know that. Yeah, a buddy of mine called me. He said, you know what would be the smartest thing that they could do? And I said, what? He goes, hire George Lucas to write and direct it. Let him do what he wants. Oh, my gosh, and, yes. Yeah. And I thought, yeah. <laughs> you know, oh, you you know, you said you want to do Flash Gordon? Okay, fine. Here it goes. We'll step back, let you do whatever you want to do. Oh, that and would be give beautiful. give him Flash Gordon at this point. Yes. You might be able to lure him out of retirement with Flash Gordon. Absolutely. Can you imagine if that was the last movie he ever directed was Flash oh. Gordon, something he wanted to do 45 yeah. years earlier? Yeah, you're talking about just putting an end cap on everything. A beautiful one. Yeah, I'd love it. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that sounds so good. Now I'm hoping that happens. So uh, all these dreams that I have. Yes. Dreams, yes. dreams, 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 dreams. So we have a uh, new comic miniseries for Marvel coming out called Star Wars TIE Fighter. Mm-hmm. And this is... From uh, StarWars.com, it says, From a certain point of view, 
The rebels are traitors to the Empire, putting the innocent people of the galaxy at risk. In the last days of the Galactic Civil War, an elite squadron of TIE fighter pilots known as Shadow Wing is assembled to protect Imperial interests. Mm. So, coming in April, we're just a few months away from that. Now, here's the cool thing. This is set after Return of the Jedi, but also in the time of Alexander Freed's forthcoming novel, Alphabet Squadron, which you mentioned is now going to be a trilogy. Yep. And that first book is coming out June 11th of 2019. So it's as if the TIE Fighter comics are going to lead you then into Alphabet Squadron. But Alphabet Squadron is the opposite. It's rebel fighters trying to continue to keep peace in the galaxy from the Empire and fight these TIE Fighters. Well, the the main character of Alphabet Squadron is Erika Quell or Kel, Quell, I think, mm-hmm. uh, and she is a defector. So I, my assumption is she will be that primary character in uh, the Tie Fighter series, wouldn't you think, or no? Ooh, yeah, I hadn't thought about that. So I thought maybe this was like a pre-defection, like a Baron Fell type, uh, you know, pre-defection type thing, and then she would defect over the course of the mini series, which would kind of lead up into. Uh, the Alphabet Squadron books, though I could be totally wrong on that. Uh, it, it's, well, and, and if it's not about that, I'm sure there'd be some maybe some backstory to that, or at least the mm-hmm. TIE fighter uh, pilots are talking about her. And I don't see it in the notes here, but I think that Jody Hauser is writing the TIE fighter series. Is that correct? Do you know? Yes. It is Jody Hauser. Yes, Jody Hauser okay. is writing this one. I think that's was, a great the, move. Uh, Thrawn series, too, yeah. I'm going to, yeah, Jody Hauser did a really good job adapting Thrawn. Jody Hauser did a great job adapting Rogue Rogue One, in my opinion. Yes. Uh, I, you know, I, I've been a Star Wars comic nut since uh, minute one. You know, that's that's always kind of been, you know, part of my jam with Star Wars. I mean, I'm I'm sitting in my office right now in my house, and you know, on the walls are a bunch of Marvel Star Wars covers, and then there's artwork from uh, Carlos Garcon over there. You know, who was a a great Star Wars comic artist with Al Williamson. And, you know, I I mean, I've just got a lot of the comics around me. Um, And that having been said, I felt like the adaptation of Rogue One by Jody Hauser was probably the best comic adaptation of a Star Wars film since The Empire Strikes Back. Oh, wow. Uh, And to me, Empire, you know, Archie Goodwin, Al Williamson, Carlos Garcon is kind of the gold standard of movie adaptations. Yes, I remember that one. Uh, Return of the Jedi is a little bit of a mess. Uh, and then the the prequel trilogy, I, I really had no stomach for any of the adaptations of those. I, I just didn't, I, I didn't get a lot out of the prequel adaptations. And then I didn't care much for the Force Awakens adaptation. But when Rogue One came out, Jodie Hauser did what you do in great adaptations. She conveyed the story. She kept the essential elements, but she added another level, another layer to the story that you don't necessarily get in the films. You know, when you have an adaptation like that, whether it's a novelization or a comics adaptation, I, I feel like you should always have there's some reason to read this other than just a recitation of the film. Does that make sense? Yes. You want something I mean, new. Yeah. If, or- if you're picking it up and all you're getting is the film straight up, what's the point in having an adaptation in the first place? Right. Uh, so uh, Jody Hauser was the first one in a long time that seemed to get that. Uh, I think Return of the Jedi, they tried to get it with Marvel, but there were so many production issues, I think, and so many you know things that were kept under wraps and things they got to at the last minute and changes and that kind of thing that it just kind of made it messy. Uh, but the prequel ones, they were just kind of wrote 
reenactments of scenes from the film. And I felt that way about the Force Awakens adaptation. But uh, she did a really outstanding job with Rogue One. Uh, and and I will encourage people to go out and get that because I saw the sales figures on it. They weren't good. Uh, part of which I think is, you know, when you put out a movie and then release the adaptation four months later, mm-hmm. not really helping your cause any. Right. Um, but I, I would encourage people to go check that one out because to me it's it's really one of those underappreciated new Marvel Star Wars comics. You know what? I haven't so. checked out the Rogue One comic so now i have to <laughs> yeah yeah you do you should it's it's really well done all right i'm gonna check that and so out. yeah so w- like when jody hauser did that i kind of said all right you know there's certain things when a writer will do something or an artist or you know an actor or director or whatever and you'll kind of say to yourself all right this person has earned my goodwill i'm on board for whatever they do yes. and that was one of those moments with her where i just said you know spielberg's that way i mean how spielberg not earns your goodwill at this point right anything that comes out by spielberg i'm gonna see it yeah but josie jody hauser finally's okay you know what if she's doing star wars i'm checking it out well then i, I have to check out rogue one and <laughs> tie fighters now this that's right is, uh, exciting absolutely oh oh my gosh hey <laughs> and you know what i i'm gonna read alphabet squadron too even though the name like i'm i'm getting used to the name but guess mm. what New Republic General Harrison Dula is in this one too, mm-hmm. so that's going to be cool. Too. General Harrison Dula. General. Yes. Mm, I'm ready. Let's bring yeah. these on. Yep. It's worth a lot to me. As you wish. Okay, Boba's bounty. So, uh, look, look, Scott. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go first okay. because most of the time my Boba's bounties are a little lame. And this one's kind of lame. And I know you probably have a more interesting one, so I'd rather go out with a bang, a Boba's okay, well, bang. I have multiple bounties, if that's okay. Oh, that's it's perfectly been a good fine. Week. Good. Okay. So, um, okay, the way I'm going to start this off is going to sound like it's going to be interesting, but it's not. But <laughs> I went to uh, CES, the Consumer Electronic Show in uh, cool. yeah, Las Vegas. So. I, I did walk the floor a little bit, but I was mostly in meetings, and I don't really have any cool Star Wars things to tell you that I saw on ah. the floor. I did see something last year. There was a presentation about how they did the special effects, I think, in The Last Jedi. But um, I didn't see anything this time. But what was really cool to me is when I go into meetings, sometimes things come up about Star Wars related sure. to me. So I was in one meeting with a company, and there was probably about six or seven people from this company in the room and we're going around the room introducing ourselves and i said what i do with the company i work with and my boss says oh tell them about your podcasting what? <laughs> so, yeah i don't know why she did that but i guess you know what you're at ces you know we're a bunch of geeks so she probably yeah. thought they might be interested in this right so i mentioned about the star wars report then all of a sudden the room just lit up and everybody's just like, you know, oh, yeah, Star Wars. Oh, wait, what's the name of the podcast you're on? Oh, I'm looking it up right now. I'm going to subscribe to it right now. I'm going to listen to it. And this other guy's like, so what do you think of The Mandalorian? Are you really excited? We got awesome. off topic that we finally, <laughs> I think my boss was the one who's like, okay, let's let's get back to and let me introduce myself now. <laughs> so, <laughs> so there was that. Then later we were in another meeting and uh, we're sitting at the table and I have a bag that I carry, uh, a computer bag. And it has, it's a Lucasfilm computer bag that I got at Lucasfilm. And so the logo is there. 
So during the meeting, you know, we're having this discussion and, you know, there's a few people there. Well, this guy from this company sitting next to me and all of a sudden he reaches out and he taps me and I look over and he points at me back. He's, is that your bag? And I said, yeah. He's like, okay. And he just slowly rolls up the sleeve of his jacket to show Darth Vader cufflinks in his shirt. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I thought you were going somewhere else there because I actually had this happened to me one day at the grocery store. I'm in line and some guy turns around and I've got a Star Wars shirt on. And he goes, oh, yeah, you like Star Wars, which I hate that because it's like, no, I wear the shirt because I can't stand it. You know, why am I wearing? No, I hate when people do that. It's just me. I also don't like that whole I got to prove what kind of a fan I am thing, you know, to be. Yeah. Um, I just kind of like to quietly be be a fan. Um, And this guy turns to me and he's like, hey, you Star Wars fan. I'm like, yeah. And so then he grabs his his chest and rips his shirt open. To show me he's got the, the, the you know, the firebird symbol oh, a on tattoo? his peck. Oh. Tattooed on his peck. No, and no. Yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't show that like that. No, 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 no. Right? The line at the grocery store. Okay. See, okay. See, my story would have been really great if I were in a meeting. Yeah. And that happened. Well, see, I thought you were going to say he rolled up his sleeve and he had a jet, like a, like a Star Wars, like Vader sleeve or something. And I was like, no. oh, no. So thank goodness you didn't say that. No, but you know what's really funny about it is this has started to come up lately when I go into meetings, and usually it's either a good icebreaker or a good bonding experience with the people that I'm meeting with because there's always someone, even if someone is not like big into Star Wars, the yeah. room just starts asking me questions like, yeah. well, what was that last movie that came out? What was that? You know, like it's just, it just creates discussion. And I never would have, like, before I would never go to a meeting and even mention Star Wars because I thought, yeah. you know, me with business people. People that are probably just going to roll their eyes, but that is the opposite of what's happening. Well, it's funny you say that because, you know, when I took over uh, the talk show that I do six years ago, six and a half years ago, uh, that was one of the things that was kind of like, I really can't go on here and talk about Star Wars. This is a show about issues and things happening. And uh, what has happened now is people will call me and say, hey, what do you think about The Mandalorian? <laughs> right. And I'll go yeah. like, what? Are, oh, are we so I can spend a segment talking about Star? OK, we're going to talk about Star Wars today. And, you know. Nobody seems to object. So, and a lot of that has to do with the fact, look, you know, they call our generation, Generation X, but I really do believe, and I say this on my Star Wars story, the podcast that I do, um, I say, I call us Generation Star Wars. And we really, to me, we are. Our generation Mm -hmm. is Star Wars. You know, it's funny because you talk to people nowadays and they go, well, you know, they shouldn't bully people for liking Star Wars and that kind of thing. And it's like, they didn't bully us for liking Star Wars when we were kids because everybody loved it. Oh, everybody did. You, yeah. yeah, you didn't. There was nobody who went, boy, you know, if you didn't like Star Wars, you were more likely to get bullied for it. Right. Um, so, you know, I just our generation is that. But we're getting to that age where we're we're in charge of things now. You know, we're bosses and that kind of thing. You know, we have executive mm. titles. I'm the senior vice president of programming. Right. You know, and so I got brand new cards to show it. And uh, so, you know. We now do that, and we we love to our generation loves Star Wars. So all of a sudden, what was kind of one of those things where we kind of had to keep it in our pocket and not say anything? It now becomes a focal attraction because you know we're all as we as we say at my exchange club meetings, we're all home folks here. You know, it's almost like uh, if Tom Brokaw will write a book about us, we're the greatest generation. Yeah, we're the Star <laughs> Warsy generation. <laughs> That's right. Well, we I really mean, are. there's there, but you know, every generation 
really has been coming up now, especially lately in the last 10, 20 years into a Star Wars generation. But we're definitely the yes. first of that. Yeah, but I think I think because we were there when it really transformed us, because we were a generation that was there before Star Wars, and then that... And, and you know, this is a thing that we cover on the podcast a lot, my podcast, my Star Wars story, mystarwarsstory.com. Um, it, it's one of those things that there were two different worlds and people who were kind of born into the world after star Wars existed, don't understand what kind of changes took place in the world because of star Wars. Mm -hmm. I mean, it really, it really was, it's really vastly different. Uh, there really is a genuine line of demarcation culturally between pre star Wars and post star Wars. Yeah. There was definitely a shift. I yeah. mean, what we know today when we see all the Marvel movies and all these other movies in the theaters, those it's because of Star Wars that we're here yeah, today. That ain't happening. Yeah, no yeah. doubt. I mean, it took time for them to finally start to happen. People finally realized what they could do with it. But yeah. Yeah. Before Star Wars, the biggest adventure movie I ever saw in a theater was Pete's Dragon. <laughs> I mean. And, and God bless Pete's Dragon. So what? I mean, movie. the original one. Yeah. Not the, <laughs> no. Yeah. But I mean, you know, when you look at what was in the cinemas and Godfather's an incredible all time classic. But, you know, there was the movies were kind of along that line. It was the Godfather and the conversation and. You know, all the president's men and 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 very dark and very downer, three taxi days of the condor driver. and taxi yeah. driver. And yeah, um, and and all of a sudden you could go to the movies and not be weighed down upon. You could go have fun. Yeah. You could and that go enjoy yourself. When I remember going to school, I mean, because, you know, it came out in the summer. So when I returned mm -hmm. back to school, everybody was talking about it. Everybody yeah. in the class. I mean, yeah. Now, if a Star Wars movie comes out, you may go to school and maybe a lot of people are talking about but not everybody's talking about it. And maybe every, you know, yeah. a lot of people saw it, but they're not talking about it. Like everybody was like into it. It was yeah. like the thing. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. So that's why I kind of mark our generations. We were the star Wars generation. Uh, and now, like I said, now that we're getting into positions of power and, and uh, that kind of thing, all of a sudden, yeah, it's kind of okay for adults to talk about this stuff now, which is good because we've been doing it, you and I, for a long time anyway. Absolutely. And in my position of power, I am authorizing episodes 10, 11, and 12 right now. Oh, there now. you go. There you go. So take, take that to the bank, Disney. That's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're building a park for us old geezers, too. That's right. That? That's so, right. Whew. All right. So from your generation, what's your Boba's bounty? All right, I got a few things. One, uh, the other day I got my 2018 Rancho Obi-Wan kit with my membership kit with my Rancho Obi-Wan patch. And, oh, I uh, got mine too. So I guess that great? counts for me too. Yeah. Ah, uh, it's so wonderful. I love, I, 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 I don't know that I'll ever actually get out to Rancho Obi-Wan, but I love being a part of it. You know, and I love, you know, when they have celebration and, you know, you get preference in line and that line's always huge. But if you're a member, you get preference. You get you get to go to the front of the line. You get to go in. You get to chat with that. Steve. Uh, yep. I've Steve done that. Steve Sansweet. What's they're, that? They're, I have done that celebration. I go, like you said, just walk yeah. right in. I don't have to wait or anything. The only nope. downfall is I do go to the Bay Area occasionally, and it seems like every time I'm going, uh, they're not doing tours that the, the time <laughs> I'm in the area. So uh, I've never been able to walk through it yet. I don't, you know, like I said, I don't know that I'll ever be able to go. Um, in fact, last year, uh, Carl from Wampus Lair, Carl and Jason, you know them. Oh yeah, um, definitely. They Carl got a hold of me and said, "Hey, we're going. How how do you think we can get tickets? Because I think you have to be a member. Aren't you a member?" And I said, "Yeah, I am a member." He's like, "Well, can you get tickets for me?" I was like, "I don't know that I feel comfortable with that, but you know what? I want you. I want you to be able to go, and I want you to be a part of this whole thing too. 
Uh, so I bought him a membership. Oh. I just went and got him a membership. And then he got his tickets. And uh, he told me the other day he's renewed his membership. He was so excited about it and everything. And I said, you know, I'm going to do this. You get the tickets. I just want pictures. Send me your pictures. Uh, and so he and Jason got to go and have a great time. Uh, and that may be the one trip that I get to make is through, you know, Carl and Jason of Wampus Lair. But, uh, you know, I, I just I think it's a really special thing. I think it's a special place. I think there's special people who work on this thing. Uh, and, and I just nothing makes me prouder every year than to get my little membership kit. OK, well, you know, let let's just go ahead and put it out there on the table right now. Let's let's plan so, to get out there. Let's do this okay. sometime. OK, we're going to okay. do this together. We'll get okay. other people involved if they want to get involved. But, you know, let's let's at least have it in our minds that we're going to do okay. this someday. Because I got to get I got to get a guy out of college first. But <laughs> once that happens. It's Once okay. We can be in our sixties. We're yeah. in our sixties. We can do that. My daughters are going to start college soon too, so we might have to nah. wait a little longer. Yeah, okay. Well, I'll wait for you then, Bruce. I'll wait well, no, for I'll you just make it a business trip, so it'll be easy. Ooh, we can go soon. Yeah, good then. idea. Good idea. So that's why I'm in the Bay Area. It's always on business. Nice. Well, uh, so that's one of them. One of I got three things that I really consider Boba's bounty. One is the the new Rancho Obi Wan kit, which I got. Uh, the other thing is the last couple of months. Uh, I've been trying to buy more and more electronic books as things go along. And I really always, I get a bunch of emails with cheap electronic books, cheap eBooks, you know, when they go on sale, sometimes for whatever reason, you get that in your electronic mail in my electronic M as Shaz Bazaar says. Uh, and, uh, so as, as I get these things, I noticed on the list, sometimes, you know, the, they'll blow these certain books out for whatever reason, you know, they don't, they're not going to sell, copies that they don't have you know because it's all digital so um last month in december the solo novelization was a dollar 99 on kindle oh uh, it has gone back up to its regular price which i think is 14.99 but this week thrawn alliances is 2.99 on kindle mm -hmm. so yes. i picked it up on kindle uh, at two ninety nine, which I think it is normally, it's now in paperback. So I think now it's nine ninety nine normally on Kindle. So uh, great pickup, uh, and it seems like they've been doing more and more of these Star Wars books on the cheap, about once a month. Uh, because I think November I picked up from a certain point of view for two ninety nine. Yeah. So a lot of the newer stuff, a lot of the more recent stuff, is going for really, you know, and it's not permanent. You know, these aren't the permanent prices, but these are things just kind of short-term spurs some sales yeah they don't and, promote uh, it it just kind of appears yeah and uh so yeah i i uh i would recommend anybody who hasn't gotten that book yet to go get it uh on kindle right now is 2.99 if it's still 2.99 it, yeah episode. if it's still it so this is what i do sometimes i don't sometimes i forget about it but if you go to amazon and you yeah. type star wars under ebooks yeah as the search then you can sort by low to hot, right? Yep. So just start going thing. through that list because you'll see like some random Star Wars that had nothing really are as official Star Wars stuff randomly there for like nine nine cents, sometimes free or whatever. Mm -hmm. But then you'll see those deals that all yep. of a sudden that one book shows up and you're like, <gasps> "There's a deal." Yep. Yep. So that's out there. That's one of them. The other thing is a buddy of mine got this, and he called me up and he said, "You know, I bought this. I bought it cheap." But I don't know that I really want it, and I don't know that I have the place for it. He said, so I thought of you. If you want it, I'll sell it to you for what I've got into it, which was $500. Or, excuse me, $50. He said it's normally a $250 item. It's a Funko. I'm not a huge fan of Funko. But when he showed it to me, I couldn't say no. 
to this. Oh. Oh, wait, whoa, whoa, wait. This thing's huge. It's a it's a Boba Fett Shogun Warrior made by Funko and Super 7. It's two feet tall. It is beautiful. Absolutely gorgeous. Holy crap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it looks like uh, the old Kenner figure, but like huge. Yeah, well, it's, it's it's really if you look at it, and you're you're kind of looking at a little version of it on the screen there, but uh, it really looks it's built like those old Shogun Warriors. Yes, remember I remember the big those. Shogun Warrior figures that would launch stuff and everything. Yeah, he's my like brother that. had one. Yeah, yeah, he's basically one of those, but he's Boba Fett. That is awesome. It is unbelievable. It's called it's the so Limited funny Edition when, Super Shogun. When you picked it up and you just put it in your lap, I couldn't see you anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's enormous it's absolutely enormous. and that was his problem was he just didn't have any way to store it but uh i don't care <laughs> right. if it's cool i'm gonna find something to do with it so uh i haven't figured out a place to put it yet i haven't fully taken it out of the package yet because it just you know but the, but the gauntlet fires missiles the the jetpack fires a missile uh it's just it's really really cool that is awesome that it's, see this is why you went last, because that's a great way to end the show <laughs> with a huge Boba Fett Funko. I try. <laughs> All right. Well, you know what? We went uh, an hour. So yeah. uh, you got two more hours in you? I, I've always got hours in me. You kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> Well, we're not going to do that to you. <laughs> you. You can save that hour for another week. Let's, let's do that. Scott, in the meantime, where can people find you online? Uh, you can find me, mystarwarsstory.com. Uh, I have not done an episode in about five months, but that doesn't mean that it doesn't exist anymore. It's uh, uh, it, it hasn't pod faded. It has pod slowed. Uh, but I will be ramping it up. I'm actually talking to a few potential interviewees. Um you can find it at mystarwarsstory.com, but you can also find it, I'm going to say, at ourstarwarsstories.com. Ooh. So. <laughs> Do they still make those Our Star Wars Stories? I, I don't know, but I got a little perturbed when they unveiled that. Yeah. Because I had been doing this for a while, and people at Lucasfilm knew I had been doing this. Um, so I went and checked, and the URL was available, so I went and stole it. So <laughs> Good for you. So, Payback, uh, right? <laughs> yeah. If you go to ourstarwarsstories.com, you go to my place, not theirs. Um, and uh, at Rifen on Twitter or at my Star Wars story on Twitter. So uh, if you want to get some of the stuff that's, that sometimes winds up on the talk show, you'll go to the at Rifen. But if you want uh, just straight up Star Wars stuff, at my Star Wars story. Wow. You know what? It just reminded me a few years ago. I don't know if you remember this. You had talked about having me on my Star Wars story. It was shortly after you started it. Yeah. And. We, we talked about it, and, our, and I remember it was a few years ago, because at the time, you said we were trying to figure out a schedule, yeah. and we were getting into the holidays, and you said, you know what, why don't we just wait till after the holidays, that way you've already seen The Force Awakens, and you can talk <laughs> about that. That's how long ago that was, and we well, still never did it. But. You know, and, and what <laughs> happened with that show, really, the reason I just kind of had to step back and slow down was because one of the, there were a few reasons, I'm not going to lie, but uh, one of the reasons was... Um, I banked a lot of interviews yeah. and had a massive hard drive failure. And I, by my count, I think I lost six. And you know how I do that show. I mean, I take a large interview and then cut it down. So I spend a lot of time editing each episode. 
uh, I've lost six complete episodes, six six complete interviews that I've done for the show and the hard drive failure. And, and I can't tell you how dispiriting that is. Did you go back to any of these people and do it again? Nope. Not, I, oh, I didn't have the heart. Okay. I didn't, you know, and someday I will. But that hard drive failure just was so... And it was funny because I actually took it to some guys to try and recover data. And they recovered a lot of data, but they didn't recover any of my Star Wars story audio. Uh, and it's one of the main reasons why I just I slowed down a lot on it. But uh, But Bruce, I promise you... You will be on it, and you will be on it before we go to Rancho Obi Wan. <laughs> so, well, I don't know. You know, maybe we should wait till after Rancho Obi Wan so I can talk about it. <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> so I think, yeah, I'm available in 2028. All right, that's a date. Let's do it. I have a lot more to talk about then, too. <laughs> so. Yeah, so everybody, you can find me on Twitter at Admiral underscore Rex. And, oh, by the way, I want to thank our patrons for on Patreon. So if you'd like to help out the show and listen to exclusive content, Rogue Transmissions, through Patreon, just go to patreon.com slash Star Wars Report. And uh, $5, I think, gets you in to listen to the exclusive content that we have in there. But we'll take even a dollar per month. I mean, you know, it's less than a cup of coffee. But uh, also, you can find me on Trek FM doing literary treks and a live show called Live from the Edge, where we go live Friday nights talking about Star Trek Discovery every time a new episode comes out. We just did one this past Friday night, so join us there if you watch Star Trek Discovery. And Scott, if you watch that show, you, you're welcome to come and be a guest. But I have no, I tell, I, that's right, you don't have time. About, no time to watch TV? That's <laughs> There's a good example right there. Right there. That's a good example. Well, thank you, everyone, for joining us. And uh, I don't remember what we say. Oh, yeah. Many Bothans died to bring you this podcast. And scene.